If you have your Bibles, or in the book of Acts. It's one of my favorite uh, verses that uh, I use quite a bit. And if you've been a part of our church, or you go like, man, he really likes that. It, because it gives us the details of what we really are and who we really are. And so in this series called Modern Family, it's really the church. And one of the things that, that I desired to do from that is that we would look at what the church used to be versus what it is today. Because just like our families, uh, they're very different than what it was. The way that we talk, the way that we communicate, the way that things are done is amazing to me. You can be in the same house... Uh, as a family, and instead of yelling across the house for somebody, you text them. <laughs> I know y'all know what I'm talking about. You text, hey, where you at? You know, we're in the same house, and we will text them to find them. Um, amazing at what we are today, and I think the fine art of communication and talking, and, uh, and this was uh, really relevant on our, our trip through the holidays as we, we took a road trip <clears throat> And at one point, I looked up in the rearview mirror. Uh, two of my kids uh, were on their Kindles playing a game. One was engaged here playing a game against his friends because there was a hot spot on the phone. And he was able to, um, uh, I think he was playing a war game, so he was probably able to, dec- he was probably able to, I don't want to use the word murder. Uh, he was able to disengage the other warriors against the other warriors in a way with the gun. And so he was doing that while traveling. And I look over at Elizabeth, and, uh, and uh, she would be the normal one. She was sleeping with her earbuds. And so I'm just driving. And so I decided to join in the fun, and I, I put mine on and started listening too. When we were all most growing up and on a road trip, what games did we play? The license play game, the ABC game, you name it. Uh, for me, I was always a motorcycle rider, watching myself outside of the car, jumping things and driving for a little while. And then my dad would tell me to be quiet because I was making noises, stuff like that. Very different time frame. You guys, the church is no different. I love that uh, the Andy and the band this morning, uh, for any of us probably over the age of 30, we... We, we not only recognized some songs that we could sing with, we even knew the words this morning to some of those songs because they were actual parts of hymns that we grew up with, right? It's very different church than it used to be. <clears throat> the culture can make it different, but what is biblical cannot be different. We can make things comfortable in here. You can have a donut in a coffee area. You can make the colors trendy. I'll be real honest with you. These chairs are 10 times more comfortable than the pews that I grew up sleeping on. I mean, hanging out on. Right? Right? Okay. We can do all these things to accommodate, but what we can't compromise on is the gospel and what God says the church is supposed to be. So that's what we're going to look at this morning in the book of Acts chapter 2. Uh, chapter 2, and we will go vor- uh, verses, we'll go verse 42 through 47. <clears throat> All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. 
And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and their possessions. They shared their money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day, met in the homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So in our time today, I want to talk to us about a growing family, our family. What is this family supposed to look like? It's supposed to look like what the book of Acts says. So today, when you kind of examine what I'm bringing us through as a church, and you see the different points, the characteristics of that, are we doing that as a church? But then I want you to take it a little step farther and ask yourself, are you doing that as a follower of Christ? Are you having these same characteristics in your life? Because the church is made up what? Do y'all remember? Y'all remember this when you were a little kid? Here's the church, here's the steeple. Open it up. Y'all know that one? It's us. It's the people. So as goes our church is what's really as goes what? All of us. And what's happening in our lives. So, with that said, here we go. First one out of 242. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. There is a hunger to hear from God. The question I would ask each of, this, each of us this morning is, is there a hunger to hear from God? Jay and I spent um, some time together this week. That's my oldest son. Going to be 13 years old uh, next month going through all the 13-year-old stuff that you go through. And he, and he said this to me. He said, hey, Dad, I, um, I, I don't feel as connected um, to, to God um, as I used to be. And so we went through a process of talking. I said, hey, why, why do you not feel as connected? And he goes, well, Dad, there's, man, there's a lot of stuff going on at school, um, you know, with homework stuff. Then there's a lot of stuff going on with my friends. And then there's a lot of stuff um, going on with my other friends. That was code for girls. Okay? <clears throat> and then there's, um, Dad, then there's, you know, the, the, the pressures of the sports stuff. I mean, you know, do I try out for this team? And, and then, then I have to do this. And then some of my friends are playing competitive. And I, Dad, there's just a lot of stuff. I go, okay, I get that. Dad has a lot of stuff too. So, so why do you feel disconnected? I said, are you going to church? Because you have to preacher's kid said you you know you got bible study here with the youth group on wednesday night and he said well dad i i said are you doing like a devotional with the lord that we talked about are you doing that because for for um for the new year um on all the kids apparatuses uh there was through the uh version bible there's some devotions that you can get for youth so i loaded my kids up with hey here's your devotion for the day boom <clears throat> go to it every day, here's devotion, here's the scripture. You can spend time with the Lord every day. And then we practiced that and showed them how to do that. And said, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, Dad, I just kind of feel like I'm going through the motions. Bingo. Hello. For all of us. And so then I got a little bit deeper and I said, Jay, I said, what about the, the sin issue? The thing that separates us from God? Ha, have you... Have you talked to the Lord about any, any sins that in your life? Because you and I kind of talked over some things that you had got upset about and you knew you were wrong about. Have, I know you made them right with me. Did you make those right with the Lord? 
Well, Dad, I, I don't know if I did or not. I'm not sure how to do that. And so what I did is I took some time and became pretty vulnerable with my son, and, and I confessed some sin to the Lord and said, Lord, this is something that, that I've done today that I need to ask you to forgive me for. And then, then I also explained to him in asking forgiveness of the Lord for that sin, I also wanted to commit to not doing that sin again. That's, that's not only agreeing with God about my sin, that's repenting from my sin, going that direction, and not wanting to do it anymore to go a different direction. And he said, you know, Dad, I, th- I, think, I think I agreed, like you said, with God about my sin, because I know when I do it, but Dad, I, I think I still want to do it instead of going the other direction. And, and I haven't asked, I've asked forgiveness, but I've not really wanted to do that. And so we practiced that. And then he prayed to the Lord and he shared. And then over the next several days, I, 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 I admit to you guys that I started seeing a difference in my son's life. And so I, I want to share with each of you this morning, when we, when we say something simple as, do you have a hunger from God? Do, do you hunger to meet with God more than you want to do anything else? And I'm just going to say it for you. Most of us don't. Because we've got to wake up and work, and we've got to wake up and take care of our kids, and we've got to wake up and, and take care of whatever's at school that day, and, 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 and we've got this and that. And, and so there's other things that are priorities before God. And according to Matthew 6.33, he says what? Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the beauty of that, you guys, is the second part of that verse says, all these things shall be added unto you. Why don't we seek him first? Why don't we desire what he has first for us in our life? So he says to seek him first. A God-honoring church, you guys, is gonna, we're going to keep that open. The first church, you guys, was listening to what God says. And he did, said, said this in several ways. So let me throw this. It's going to be out by your notes somewhere. Um, studying the scripture. Studying the scripture, listening to the apostles' teaching is what he said there. So you're going to study the scripture, you're going to listen to the preachers. Uh, man, today you can listen to any preacher in the world. You don't like me, it's okay, I'm not offended. There's 10 million, you can get their podcast and you can, you can hit home runs every day. Don't ever use an excuse, you, don't, you can't hear the word of God. You have the technology, you, you can hear anybody you want to hear. And you can actually go back and hear, but if you guys wanted to hear my dad's preaching, you go back and hear my dad preach crazy. You can hear God's word and you can listen to the teaching. And then he says this, that we're to learn from one another and then listen to this, enjoy one another's company. We learn from each other and then we enjoy one another's company. And sometimes if you're not enjoying one another's company, you need to ask yourself the question, is there something wrong with me? Now, most of us do it this way. There must be something wrong with them. I'm not enjoying my company with them. We need to ask ourselves, hey, is there something wrong with me? Am I, is there's a disconnect here. That's what he says. Learn from one another, study the scripture, listen, pray. They were praying. They were breaking bread together. They were reading the scripture, learning from one another, praying, breaking the bread together. These are four things. They're real quick. Let me throw them in there for you. Four things in breaking the bread. Fellowship. 
They were eating together. Eat together. Hang out together. Once a month, we go to Charlie's Chicken to support Jeff and his wife. Come with us and see what Charlie's Chicken is like on that day. Eat together, breaking bread together, fellowshipping together. Then the second part is missions. They were breaking bread, bread in the sense of, sure, everyone had something to eat, helping each other's needs. We, we help that in our church once a month. Uh, we, we serve at Life Source. We serve a meal down there to help uh, the poor and the homeless on that side of town. We, we jump in together. Jump in with that if you need something to do. Go feel what it's, what it's like to serve someone else. And he says that's part of breaking bread together. Then the last part is that we worship. That's breaking bread. We worship together. Breaking bread, it's observing more than just the Lord's Supper. It's worshiping together. And then the way we do the Lord's Supper here is we want to do it enough that you remember because the Bible says to remember me. But I don't want to do it so often that you just think it's trite and it's a traditional thing and walk up to the front and get your cracker and get your juice and we do it. Okay, I did that. I'm okay. I should be leaning more towards heaven. It shouldn't be so often that we think of it as that. It should be remembering him and what he did on the cross for us. The second thing. There's an exciting sense of wonder and anticipation. In 43a, it says this, And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. A God-honoring church knows that there's something that is going on around him, them, and they're anticipating that. Hey, you guys, let me ask you something this morning, and, I, and I, very personally. Now, this is my job, and, and this is what I love to do. I love Sundays. Even when things go wrong, I love Sundays. I anticipate what God wants to do. I anticipate and am excited about who God might bring through the doors to this church. I love it when you guys come up to me afterwards and, you, and you're really gossiping, but you're doing it in a Christian way. Hey, Brother Jonathan, did you see who came to church today? I'm like, I, you know... The good news is I'm not from here, so I don't know any of y'all's junk, or I really don't keep up in the paper. I just kind of, you know, I'm like a good Labrador retriever. I just kind of love everybody. Go do my deal. Come back for some food. Love on you some more. I, I, that's a good thing. No, I don't know who was here this morning. Who was it? Well, that's so-and-so, and, you know, their family. Tick. And then y'all give me the whole details. I go, wow, that's awesome. They need Jesus too, right? Oh, yeah, they really need Jesus. Do you anticipate coming to church to see what God wants to do at church? Do you anticipate to see what God wants to do in your life? Are you like most of us? Man, we just, hey, let's punch the holy card. Let's get her done. Got to make sure we're doing the right thing for God. And so we just kind of go through the motions. The first church, the early church, the New Testament church that we see here in, in, in Acts they weren't just going through the motions. They were actively ser serving him and excitedly anticipating what God wanted to do through them. Come to church to see what God wants to do through you. The third thing, I love this one. There are unexplained blessings that are occurring, 43b. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And this is... 
my only Jonathan Beasley quote that might be semi-original, and I put two quotes together that I stole from somebody to make it mine. If everything can be explained by our own plans and strategies, where is God? If everything can be explained by our own plans and our own strategies, where is God? I, I pray for, um, for my friend Jeff and his wife Jamie and Benjamin because Jeff sitting in that seat right now, according to what doctors said, shouldn't be sitting in his seat right now. He should be long gone. Right, Jeff? Shouldn't be here. In fact, most of the friends that you started chemo with are gone. And yet, here's Jeff. Him just walking here, he doesn't have to even open his mouth, but for most of the people that know him in our church, he and Jamie just walking into church and bringing Benjamin this morning is a testimony to God. Does God use doctors? Yes. Amen. Does God use chemo and everything? Amen. God, thank you for making our minds that we can do this and that. We all know that it's God that Jeff walked in the door. If you look at who is the makeup of our church, you can pretty much say, man, God, how does, it must be God. I mean, who, how does this work? The explanation for your life and my life, it needs to be God. Not that there's anything wrong with a plan and a strategy, but that the explanation of our life is God. That He is our source, that He is our significance. In a God honoring church, there's God things that are happening that can only be explained by God. I would love for us to start giving testimony around here about what God things are happening. And what he is doing. The fourth thing, there's a warm sense of community and belonging. There's a warm sense of community and belonging in 44 and 45. And all those who had believed were together and all the things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and they were sharing them with all. And as everyone and as anyone might have need and day by day continuing with one mind. A church that, that really is following God and doing what God says it. It's a church and a person that, that extends as a family, that we, that we make them feel at home. That they know that they have help. That we are their family. They're brothers and sisters in Christ, and they, they feel that and sense that. The early church here in Acts were supportive of one another. They, they experienced life together, and they relied on each other. And, and the way that I put that for us, you guys, and I don't know any other way to say it, is, is, is that when, when you do that with people, you guys, it, it, it's messy. Because we're messy. We all got our, we've all got our stuff. We, we've all got our things that, that are our that are weaknesses, and, and, and we've got, you know, the closets back there that we don't want to open. And when we start getting engaged in each other's lives, and we're helping each other, and we're loving on each other, and we're seeing each other's faults, and, and, and seeing some of those things, then, then sometimes it's hard because it's messy. And, and the way that I've put it always in the context of, of church is that, that the church should be a spiritual hospital for what? For spiritually sick people. And that as we start 
getting healthy is that we're helping other spiritually sick people because you and I remember that we were spiritually sick. And by the way, in this day and time, it's not hard to get spiritually sick again, is it? There's a warm sense of community and belonging that people should feel here. The fifth one, there is an outward focus. 46, in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, it moves beyond the, the walls and the impact of, of just what's inside here. It moves beyond these walls and on what's the outside. <clears throat> and as we focus on that, you guys, I believe that, that we see what God wants us to do. Part of our goal should be to focus on what's the outside of this church. If you remember last week, I, I asked each one of us uh, in here, who is one person that you know that needs to have a relationship with Jesus? Is there a family member? Is there a neighbor? Is there a coworker that you believe that they're, they're lost and, with, and without Jesus Christ that, that they're not going to spend eternity with him in heaven? And, and there, there's someone on your mind, even as I'm talking right now, that you, you question or you wonder about where, where they might be in their relationship with Jesus. Then I want you to consciously make a note of that. Put, put that in your Bible. Put their name. Put, remember who they are. And then I want you to start praying for them. For this next year that they might come to know Jesus. that they might come to know him in such a way that their life is transformed. And by the way, that starts changing the complexion of our church, doesn't it? As your family members start coming to know Jesus, as your neighbor starts coming to know Jesus, as, as one of your coworkers starts to come to the place of Jesus transforming their life, that, that starts changing our church because you know who that starts changing is it, it starts changing you. And it starts changing me. But it's changed their life for eternity. And there's a celebration in that. There's an excitement that happens when that, when we have the focus that is outward and not just within the, the walls of our church. The sixth one. There's a gladness and a laughter. I enjoy this one. 46, 246, the last part of that. They were taking their meals with gladness. To me, it seems like, and I'm just throwing out here what I believe and what I grew up in, it seems like so many times there's an image of Christians in our mind that are stern, always serious, no fun, and, and you're going to get in trouble any time that you ran in the church or brought water in the church or, God forbid, some kind of food in the sanctuary. Right? And I'll talk a little bit in a minute about reverence. I'm just talking about, for some reason, we have a stigma about church that we can't have fun and celebrate. And if we do, then we're going to one of those churches where they're really having fun, where they really celebrate, and that spirit guy might get a hold of everybody. We get a little nervous about that. We don't want to swing too far in our celebration. Y'all know what I'm saying? Hello? Because then we'd be kind of, oh, y'all are one of those churches. When man, when, when, when God does something in your midst, is there not a time that you want to be excited about that? When, when God does something in your family or with your kids or, 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 or with your neighbor that, that only God could do, is that not something to be excited about? 
And I know not all of our personalities is high-fiving and jumping around. I mean, you, you can even see that at a Razorback game, but it gets pretty contagious if everybody's clapping and screaming and yelling. I mean, you're at least in the middle of it, right? I mean, I, I loved watching Andy a while ago, like, hey, we're, hey, stand up. Oh, Lord, he just asked us to stand up. Hey, he, he didn't ask you to come up here to the front to lead worship. He just asked you to stand up and to act as though Jesus really is the Lord of your life and you're excited to be here. Hello? There's a gladness and a laughter. I believe that a God-honoring church, you guys, the members, they're going to demonstrate joy. They're going to demonstrate that that the Lord's doing something inside of them, and it's contagious. See, my, my observation is that I believe it's great to invite people who are struggling with their walk with the Lord, or maybe they don't even know Christ. I believe it's great to bring them to church because what should happen is, at church is that, that at church they should come and observe us as we're worshiping the Lord through singing, through praying, through, believe it or not, even through an offering. Oh, I've got to give. People are watching. By the way, don't make change in the basket anymore. <laughs> hey, guys, the Lord brings joy and happiness to our life. Some of those days you're not there, but somebody is next to you who's there, and they have the joy and the happiness. And as we bring people to church, they observe and watch us worshiping the Lord. And what are they seeing? Are they watching us worship the Lord in such a way that they go like, I want what they have. I need what they have. 246D, the last part of that verse says, and sincerity of heart. There's an authenticity and sincerity in the way that we love God. It's seen. We're not just going through the motions. That early church, they didn't pretend to be anyone other than they were. They were honest, they were truthful, they were, they were truly believed, and they practiced what they believed. That's how we know. The church should be made up of real, authentic people that we recognize that we are sinners that are saved by grace. That's all we are. And if you want to act like you're more than that this morning, then I just ask you to please go to the cross. Go to the cross and see what Jesus Christ did for my life and for your life. Go to the cross and see what the Bible says that we deserve and what we got because God loved us so much that he did what? That he gave his only son. That's how much he loved us. And at the cross, that you know what's beautiful at the cross? At the cross, it doesn't matter if you're from the east side of town, west side of town, the south or the north. doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter how much you have or don't have. At the cross, we're all equal, aren't we? And that's what he says. It's that there should be a sincerity and an authenticity about us that's real. You know what they were in the New Testament church? Listen to this. They... They not only knew who they were, 
but they knew whose they were. And that's what you and I need. We're, we're God's children. We're his children. And he loves us and he cares for us. And, he, and by the way, sometimes in that love and care, he, he has to, to kind of put us in line sometimes, doesn't he? He has to discipline us. He has to remind us sometimes of what we were supposed to do. Because we said, we love you, Lord. You're our Father. The eighth one. The worship is celebration. The worship is celebration. 247A is praising God. It's worshiping. Sure, it is reverent, but it's not stuffy, you guys. It's not rigid. It is life-giving. It is exciting. It should be. And by the way, I grew up in an old traditional church, and in that old traditional church, they had an organ and a piano, but I'm telling you this, they didn't, it was not boring organ and piano. It was, it was lively, and there was a celebration that happened with that, even though it wasn't a band and it wasn't this kind of sound system for sure. It was lively. Why? It wasn't because of the songs. It was because of the Spirit of God. Do you hear me? It was not because of the sound system or the band or the, the songs. It was because of the Spirit of God that gives us a reverence that understands who He is. And it doesn't matter the style that that can take place. I promise you, I can go to to a good old uh, missionary Baptist church today where God's Spirit is living. I can go to a great Methodist church today where God's Spirit is there and it's real and you can sense it. I can go to a charismatic church today that's an assembly of God where you can sense God's Spirit and they will freely show you a little bit more than we're used to. I can go to those kind of churches and where God's Spirit is, you know there's something alive. But it's always about celebration of him and who he is. The ninth one. And this needs to be us. And by the way, each one of these are specifically to us as well. 247, the B part. And having favor with all people. Our church should have a good reputation in the community. Hey, when you say the church at Arkansas in this community, what's, what's the reputation that it has. <laughs> when you say you go to the church at Arkansas, how do people look at you? Or maybe do you even tell people where you go to church because you're not sure you want them to know? Do we have favor in the community? Our church should be known for the respect and the love that we have for people in this community. No. We're not going to agree with everybody. No, we're not going to be liked and treated as well as everybody, but we are still going to respect everybody, and in God's power, we're going to love everybody. That if for some reason this church was gone, this community and that campus would ask, where's that church that used to do this for us? Where's that church that that used to, to, to do this and this and this in our community? Where is that church? That the schools would ask, hey, where's that church that, that used to provide us you know, food or let us use their building for this? Is that we would be missed in this community. 
Y'all have heard this before. I'll quote it. No one will care what we know until they know that we what? That we care. And if all those other nine things are happening, then let me finish with this number 10. We should be growing numerically. And the Lord was adding to the number day by day to those who were being saved. By the way, would you look at this? It's the Lord would be adding day by day to those who are being saved. You know what's neat? In that church, and I pray in our church, he does it through us. He does it through his presence that's in us. He does it through the power that's working through us. And simply put, I think, is that we as a church and as individuals, as we go out and we're truly living for Christ in the way that we should, then he'll bring them in. That's what he says. He'll bring them in. So here's the two personal questions. Andy's going to come up here. We've got one song that we want to do on the end kind of as a response. And here's the two questions I have for you this morning. Number one, am I hungry to hear from God? Am I studying the Bible? Am I praying? Am I spending time listening and supporting other believers? Am I worshiping the Lord, not just on Sundays, but in a day-to-day commitment and how I let him work through me? Am I hungry to hear from God? Are you hungry to hear from God? Is that a priority in your life? And then here's the second question, a little bit more pointed. Am I doing my part? Are you doing your part in the church that God wants you to be a part of. And I heard it this way, this guy named Mike Gilbert, and I want to put it to you. He said there's four kind of main bones in every organization. Just listen, don't write it down. There's the wishbone, wishing somebody else would do something about the problem. Then there's the jawbone, doing lots of talking, but little else. Then there's the knuckle bones, those who knock everything, sometimes even to the point of fighting and stirring up problems. And then there's the backbones, those who carry out the brunt of the work and carry most of the load. Are you doing your part? Are you hungry to seek? from God today. Our response is just going to be through a song. I'm not asking y'all to come to the front. I'm not asking you to move. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to stand, sing this song with Andy, and listen to the words as you sing it. Let it resonate in your heart, and then I'll dismiss us. Father, would you take these characteristics of your New Testament church, and would you let us put it against the blueprint of our life and against the blueprint of this church and ask ourselves some hard questions. Do we have a hunger for you, Lord? And what's my part that I'm supposed to be in this church? What does that look like? And Lord, it's our job as a staff and and, and as a ministry to help people find what their part is to be in the church. And so, Lord, we we ask that you'd help us to, to to be ready for that. And Lord, as a response to you this morning in a song, may we just sing, Lord, with listening to the words and what it means to truly give you praise and worship you. And I ask that you bless this day and bless each person that's here, 
that, God, they would walk away with a different thought about what church should be. In your name we pray. Amen.